It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. On the Bengals' five-game winning streak, they've played some pretty consistent football from Joe Burrow to the linebackers and DJ Reader's return. We break into we get into some of the standout performances from the Bengals' Week 14 victory against the Browns. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine, and today we're joined by Bengals underscore Sands, Mike Santagata, as we go through some of the film takeaways from the Bengals' victory over the Browns to get to 9-4. and four. This episode of Locked On Bengals is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. And if you're new to the podcast, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So you can join the first listener club and hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Hit the follow button anywhere you get your podcast. So we're delivered to your devices first thing when we upload every day. Guys, let's get into some fun film observations from a pretty controlled victory over the Cleveland Browns for the Cincinnati Bengals. It was a bit of a rocky start, and some of that had to do with trench play. But like I said yesterday, I've come away just so impressed with the way Joe Burrow has played over this five-game winning streak stretch. I described it as a Goldilocks zone. We talked about him being sped up early in the season. We talked about him sometimes holding the ball too long even before that when you go back to the first two weeks of the season. But right now it seems like he has just eyes in the back of his head, pocket awareness. He knows exactly when to get rid of the ball. And to me, that's such a big factor in why he's been playing so well lately. 
Yeah. Uh, Goldilocks zone, whatever you want to call it. It's something that on film, I feel like you slow everything down. You watch things four times. You go like, ah, the perfect time to throw the ball was right here. But you know how hard that is to actually do as an NFL quarterback? Because he's not just like in – it's not like he's just got perfect pockets the entire time, like I think you just alluded to. He's doing this while taking hits. While, you know, if I don't throw this check down – perfectly on time i'm getting sacked or i'm throwing it too early i'm missing something downfield and even some adjustments you know drops back sees at left guard took an l i'm gonna get this ball out now so if in a perfect you know situation he's sped up but because he's avoiding a sack and he's getting the ball out that's not sped up that's just getting the ball out and turning what should be a negative play into a slight positive play so yeah it's kind of uh why Tom Brady got all his offensive linemen paid and Dante Skarnecchia, famous <laughs> offensive line coach for the Patriots. But, you know, he got them paid a lot of the time because he was perfectly on time and always released the ball from the same spot. Bro doesn't always release the ball from the same spot, but playing perfectly on time right now and making those guys' lives a little bit easier. And doing it with some backups in, right? I mean, Jamar Chase has only played two games. T. Higgins, one snap. You know, two games since coming back, just to be clear. So the trolls don't come get me. Uh, T. Higgins just one snap the other day. Tyler Boyd, two. Do you notice a difference in Boy or in Burrow when Boyd and Higgins, when they left? Was there any difference? Was there, any, could you tell anything? Was there timing off early? Cause he, I mean, he started this game four of 12. Was it a timing thing with these guys, with, you know, Trent Nerwin and, and Trent Taylor, or was it just a, a feeling out process for this offense? Yeah, I'd say timing. I'd say timing was off because I, I think of the slant over the middle of Trent Taylor. I believe that's – it's so weird to have two Trents now starting, so i got to get him right. But Trent Taylor slant over the middle of the field, and uh, it ends up a little bit ahead of him. And I didn't think that was an inaccurate ball because Burrow's thrown that 100 times and he puts it on the money every time. I think it was more that normally TB would be here. I'm throwing mm-hmm. it here. But Taylor took an extra you know, step or two to get into the route, or he's just – a tiny bit slower. I'm not sure which. I think I remember seeing him kind of take a little shuffle step. And I'm not sure if Boyd would have taken that. But uh, so I think of that one. Um, there's a few other plays that the throw was off, and I don't, I don't think of, it's whatever you think of Burrow, I guess. But I don't think of him as an inaccurate quarterback. So when I see that, I think there's something off timing or chemistry wise, rather than oh, Burrow's just spraying this ball over the field. He did that a little bit early on this year, like. Not just joking. I think against the Steelers and against the Cowboys, you could argue he wasn't as accurate as he normally has been. But since, I don't know, the last eight more, maybe more weeks, he's been perfect, you know, consistent, precise, everything you want from your uh, ball placement. Yeah, I think that the accuracy is still there, too. I remember that play to Trent Taylor you're talking about. I think my tweet at the time was, it seems like they're not on the same page. It looked like, you know, that's a, a play where you shouldn't have to lay out. You should just be in the spot where Burrow throws that ball. And then there's the the whole shot to Trent Taylor on the sideline um, that, that was ruled out of bounds. I still think you could argue that was a catch for Trent Taylor uh, that, that got overruled. But that's another one where Trent Taylor's size shows up a little bit. Maybe the timing shows up a little bit where Joe, when and where Joe Burrow is delivering that football. But Jamar Chase's return also making an impact, I think, for this team. And when Joe Burrow is getting the ball out on time and Jamar Chase is winning despite being the only primary weapon for this team on the field, 
that's probably a good sign for this offense. And it seems like he's picked up right where he left off, right? Like he looks good. Am I, am I wrong in that? Like he's, he's getting open against Denzel Ward pretty consistently in this game. What did you think, Mike? Yeah, I mean, Jamar Chase is that dude. He's uh, one of the high-end wide receivers in this league. There's so much talent that it's hard to say, like, top three. And then you're like, all right, who are you kicking out? Hill, Jefferson, Adams. High-end, high-end top, at least five, I think. Uh, so it, it's just so hard to cover the guy like that because you put your best corner on a man-to-man and he's beating him. You try to do some other stuff and you're losing there. And Joe Woods uh Brown's defensive coordinator tried to do some dumb stuff and those were free chunk plays as well. Yeah. So whatever whatever they were doing wasn't really working other than a few snaps here or there that Ward wins because that's just what's gonna happen from time to time is when you got a cover guy that good. It's almost like when you think of great offensive tackles or versus defensive linemen. Um if they win every rep, you just don't talk about them and it's the reps they lose. It, and that's with Ward. If he was a great offensive tackle, this is like he gave up a pair of sacks, even though he played okay other than that. Gave up the big plays, a touchdown, uh, the back shoulder ball, both in man, tight man coverage. Those are on him. Uh, so he's winning tight man coverage against one of the best corners in this league. And then other than that, he's able to win against zone, whatever else as well. And it was fun to see the cushion they gave him on a couple plays, specifically the one out route that kind of turned a little bit of a comeback. But I mean, Ward is bailing out. I don't know if that was a call from defensive coordinator or if Ward was just like, oh, I'm on the island. I am not getting beat deep type situation. But uh, that was a free 15 yards. How did they play Chase? Because the moment Boyd goes down and 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 Higgins and is on the sideline and you look at it and Chase is the only one getting going, I would have just put Ward and Martin Emerson and every cornerback on the roster on chase. And I would have said, okay, Trent Taylor beat us. Trent Irwin beat us. And it didn't feel like the Browns did that. It's funny to me. They didn't give him enough respect. Uh, I think they, at times, especially passing downs, they tried to put Ward on them and do some stuff there. But early on, they played their stuff. They like to play quarters. They like to do things like that. And when you play quarters, <laughs> um, you are going to match a guy at 10 yards. And Jamar Chase is at the sec- at number two inside. The safety is the guy who's going to match him at 10 yards. That's what I meant earlier when I said Joe Woods did some weird stuff. Mm-hmm. They just acted like he was just any guy. And they had John Johnson try to cover him, match <laughs> him up on these out routes. It was just like, that's just, that's free. It's just a free 12 yards. Like, <laughs> I don't know what else. They didn't even jam him at the line or anything. They, they just one-on-one are safety against a top five wide receiver in this league. That's just malpractice. But uh, there were times that they gave him some respect. I don't remember too many true bracket double, man-to-man double type situations. But uh, on passing downs, I felt like they knew where he was and they tried to game plan around it. Maybe not to the extent you would like to see if you were a Browns fan. Uh, On early downs, I don't know if they cared at all, to be honest. It was kind of shocking. I credited the Bengals coaching staff with taking advantage of those matchups as well. They they got Jamar in all sorts of alignments in this game. Zach Taylor talked about it. Jamar Chase talked about it himself in terms of just knowing more of the playbook and, and more responsibilities on some plays where he's lining up, not where he would normally line up some of these times without T Higgins, without Tyler Boyd. And I, I thought it was smart of him and the coaching staff to take advantage of some of those tendencies from the Browns and, and take those free yards 
where they were available. I do want to talk about the Jordan Williams, Miles Garrett matchup a little bit. And then of course we're going to dive into DJ reader, these linebackers and cam Taylor Britt's game, because that was all pretty fun stuff uh, for this defense, which continues to play at a pretty high level. So we'll go there next. Today's episode of Lockdown Bengals brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates that are out there. That's what LinkedIn Jobs is for. They'll help you find the people for your team faster and for free. You can just add your job to LinkedIn Jobs, and you're going to get access to all sorts of candidates. You can put a screening questionnaire out there with your job posting to make it easy to focus on the candidates you would like to hire with just the right skills and experience for your job. You can find those people that you want to interview so easily with LinkedIn jobs. They'll help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply today's show also brought to you by audible audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love and that's why you're going to be able to find a sneak peek of think like a champion right now as a bonus episode on locked on presents think like a champion is a brand new podcast from russell wilson and audible and russell wilson hopefully you get well soon that was uh, an ugly ugly hit and, and so hopefully he feels better and can get on the field when he's fully healthy but we know he is a Super Bowl champion, and you're going to hear from him. You're going to hear from Von Miller, Tim Tebow, a bunch of champions, Olympic medalists, and NFL stars, and anyone and everyone in between. Available for free on Audible or wherever you get your podcast. So head over to Locked On Presents for a sneak peek of Think Like a Champion or catch the full series available anywhere you get your podcasts. Available everywhere now. Audible. Get in the game. Let's stay on the offensive side of the ball for at least one or two more matchups. I think yeah, the one baby. that I'm most interested in talking about is John Williams and, and Miles Garrett. Uh-huh. And to, to James's glee, we get to talk about some trench play here, which is I think before the season you said all you wanted to talk about this year was the offensive line, from what I yeah. recall, and pass protection. And how they would dominate against Miles Garrett. Well, unfortunately, we can't talk about that. Go ahead. Yeah, alas, not quite <laughs> there for Jonah Williams. I, I mean, Miles Garrett is going to give everybody issues, but he's Jamar, but a pass rusher. Yeah, well, right, or or Aaron Donald, but an edge player. Like, there's only so much you can do against some of these guys that that are at the pinnacle of their position. I said after watching live that I thought Jonah Williams held his own against Miles Garrett, and when I Rewatched a little bit and, and took a step back and watched the matchup a little bit more. It didn't look quite as rosy. Mike, you watched the whole game. You had the wide angles. You had the tight angles. You got to see Jonah go against Garrett in the running game and the passing game. What was your overall takeaway? I mean, bad matchup, I think, in some ways, but how did Jonah Williams play the second time around against Miles Garrett? So, like, in a vacuum, he lost. Uh, <laughs> there's no way around that. But I can't think of too many left tackles who have actually won or you could say came to a draw against Miles Garrett. Like, the only guys I could think of are maybe Laramie Tunsil last season, and he still gave up at least a hit, if not a sack. I don't remember if the quarterback got the ball out, but it was a quick loss, and it was just one of those, hey, it's Miles Garrett-type plays. It's like, 
even the elite of the elite are going to lose to this guy. So considering that, I thought he played okay in pass protection. I can't say well, because even considering it, I think he had some real quick losses. There's uh, a a couple plays where Miles takes uh, what's called a Euro, which I think they just adopted from the basketball term of just, you know, jab inside back outside. And he does a cross chop with one and a swipe with the other. And you can't give up the corner like that. I also thought the Bengals. Yummy. Uh, I also thought the Bengals had an okay plan for him because it seemed like they told Volson, like, snap your eyes outside. If not, that's just Volson being really smart. Snap your eyes outside if you can ever get that guy off of you so you can help Jonah to the inside. And it's hard to say without being in a meeting room whether Jonah is playing as if I know I have a guy inside on these or if Jonah is losing to the inside and Volson is just there to save him. I don't know. And they also gave him a few early tight end chips. And I don't remember any late running back chips, which are the bane of a lot of offensive linemen's existence. So everything considered, I thought he played okay, but I don't think you could consider it a win from him. Even if you consider Miles Garrett is probably for my money, the best pass rusher, pass rushing edge player in the league. Euros aren't yummy. Just want to clarify. Are they? Do you it's like a, them? Or not? It's a Sounds. European monetary uh, system. Euro is a different word from euro. You're talking euro. euro. Yeah, euro. I said it wrong. Either way, you like euros or not? <laughs> yeah, who doesn't like a euro? It's been a long day. All right. Yeah, man, I'm gonna get crushed for that. Let's uh, let's talk about the <laughs> community is rising up he, as you speak. Hey, we're leaving that in after. God, I'm gonna get so crush me, crush everybody, crush me for that. Clearly, Everyone I'm hungry, said James euro gifs. Yeah, yeah, or gifs. Euro, euro, yeah. And by the way, my favorite basketball player of all time was great at the, the Euro step. Manu Ginobili. No, Dwayne Wade. Um, <laughs> Joe Mixon, how was he in his return? Obviously, he had the long run, but did he stand out? Did it stand out? Was he good or no? Yeah, Euro. I'd say at Euro. least by the middle end of the game, second half specifically, I guess, I feel like he warmed up and he was as good as he was in Carolina. If you know, I won't say better, but wow. <laughs> he was as good as he, I'll say as good as he was huh? against Carolina. I thought he was really, he was running through arm tackles. He was running through contact. He was smart. He was strong. Did pretty much everything right in the second half of this game. Early on, it did feel like, you know, a little rust, but as if he missed a couple of weeks. So you could explain it away, but I think he made okay. To use like a chess term, there was like a perfect move and he didn't make a blunder or like a mistake. He just didn't make the optimal move. He made an, an okay to a good move, but not the great to perfect move. And I, I think uh, that's something that stuck out early on. But then later on, he's making the optimal move, especially some of these plays. It felt like he even read it right. It's just the, the Browns defense just did something to screw it up behind that. And it's like, that, ah, whatever. You know, like, yeah, he could have done this and gone for a bigger gain, but you have to be really on your game to do that. And he wasn't early on but i think he got there by the end of the game i was really impressed with him i fully understand the chess reference uh that was for me i think and like 10 of our listeners if you understood that the ch- i mean it, it makes sense like it, it translates because good versus perfect or great or excellent like we all know what those words mean but if you know uh chess.com's game evaluator you know what mike's talking about there Let's get to the defense, guys. We we spent a little bit of extra time on the offense, which nothing wrong with that. The offense did some fun things. Good point on Joe Mixon. And 
you know, getting him back and in form and, and finally getting the run game going against this Browns team. Like it felt like they threw everything in the run game that they could at the Browns early and that none of it worked. And it felt like it was going to be another one of those games. And then they figured it out. So that was uh, a nice feeling as a spectator. And I'm sure in that locker room, but let's go to the defensive side of the ball, guys. We, we have DJ reader. We have the linebackers to talk about, and I, I definitely want to make sure we spend some time on cam Taylor Britt. So we'll finish up the show with the defense here next, but first a word from bet online because bet online is a one-stop shop for all things sports wagering. Whether you want to wager on the NFL and Joe Burrow taking home the MVP, he has the third best odds. And those, well, they they could uh, drop, drop like a rock. So if you want to get good odds, you might want to get to him now if he continues to play at a high level this Sunday against Brady and company. But it's not just the NFL, and it's not just MVP. It's NBA. It's college basketball. It's all of the bowl games in the college football landscape. World Cup, so much more. One spot, bet online, sign up for free today. They have a great mobile browser that you can use. So it's not like you just have to be locked in on your PC or your laptop. You could be anywhere and you can start wagering today. I've used them and won money to buy euros. And you can too with bet online where the game starts. <laughs> this is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Are, Are you buying the European currency? No, I, I, I said I said that on purpose that time. <laughs> Just so we're clear. Euro, Euro. Let's, let's, let's we, we got to lean in now, man. Hey, maybe maybe we'll get some kind of new sponsor out of this, and we can do, mm-hmm. go through the. Honestly, James, you're not Greek. You can say gyro. I think. Yeah, you, you can say gyro. <laughs> That's probably closer <laughs> than euro. Oh man! All right, guys, euro. let's go to this defense instead of our do you offensive pronunciations of euro. How do you say it, Mike? Euro. Euro. Euro? Euro. Euro step, you know, one of those. Yeah, a euro step. Not Perfect. a euro step. That's what Giannis does, the euro step. <laughs> the euro step. <laughs> oh, all right, okay, all right, guys. Jake, go ahead. Get to your defense. Start with DJ Reader. Spin Let's it. start with DJ Reader. Spent a long time yesterday talking about how great DJ Reader is, and I'm just going to let Mike talk about how great DJ Reader is and, and highlight some specific things that he does very well. And it's to me, this is where the consistency comes in. DJ Reader is just so consistent at being a freak. And I feel like 10 to 20 times a week, I'm like, good Lord, DJ, what did you just do? And this week was no different. Mike, when you turned on the tape and, and you watched DJ Reader go against a formidable on paper anyway, rushing attack from the Browns, what did you see? Yeah, what you talked about. I mean, he went against Joel Batonio a lot in this game. And Joel Batonio, top five left guard, elite left guard, whatever you want to call it, uh, really, really good at his job. And there were a couple plays that were just dominant from Reader. Like, not just, like, wins, but, like, Joel Batonio is helpless to stop this type stuff. There is one where he's um, playing gap and a half, maybe two gapping, but he puts both hands 
into him. Perfect hand placement. I think there's something that goes underrated with him, but just perfect hand placement all the time. That's consistency. And he just locks him out. And Petoni just has to like stand there, not do anything because what are you going to do? You are fully locked out and he's just driving you around, trying to look around. You see back on this side. No, throw him to the side and make the tackle. And then there's another play. They just tried to cut block. And they just said, just cut block the big guy and let him fall down. And this is another hand thing. Palms down, thumbs down, slams him into the ground to make it look like he almost didn't give effort on the cut block, but slams him into the ground. This isn't just like a, uh, oh, he avoided the cut block and went and made the tackle. Like, no, he slammed him to the ground, then went over him and made a solo tackle on Nick Chubb. I mean, those two plays really stick out because they were against Joel Batonio, not against the backup center, who he also just dominated. But that's almost to be expected when you're talking about DJ Reader. When you're facing Joel Batonio and you're doing that, that is some high-level nose tackle play. And it doesn't go, it doesn't go noticed around big media, it feels like. Because when you... You look at, I think you guys talked about this yesterday, but Pro Bowl, All Pro, it's just defensive tackle, you know, and what what that means is it's just who's the best pass rushing defensive tackle. But then you're talking about who's the best run defending defensive tackle, and I think you could make a really strong case. It's DJ Reader, could also be his friend Christian Wilkins in Miami when I was watching that Sunday night game. I was like, oh goodness, that's another guy (laughs) that just Mm -hmm. shows up all the time in the run game. But like neither one of those guys are going to get the love they deserve because they're not just phenomenal pass rushers. Uh, They're good to different degrees. Um, But yeah, that's uh, my waxing poetically on DJ Reader. He's just awesome. And I feel like he just opens so much up for the defense. It's, It's incredible to get him back. Seeing the run defense now versus where it was is night and day. Dexter Lawrence, Christian Wilkins, DJ Reader. Like I said, those those Clemson boys on the defensive interior are are doing it in the NFL right now at a very high level. DJ Reader also light boxes for a lot of the game. Was was, Was that just DJ Reader making everything possible? Obviously, you get physical play from Cam Taylor Britton, Mike Hilton, that I think helps that. But was it light boxes against Nick Chubb in the running game too? And the Bengals were still successful? Yeah, I think they played some light boxes in there more than they usually do against Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, it is Reader that makes that possible to me uh, because when you trust him so much to be able to take gap and have two gap and win consistently and to have the range mm-hmm. on these wide zone plays to get out there and still make that stop, even if he starts on the backside of the play, that, that's all Reader to me. Um, and then the safeties and everybody can come fill after. But at the very least, you're trusting that reader. And Hill had a heck of a game, too. You're trusting those guys to hold the running back up for help to arrive at the very least, if not make the stop, because they repeatedly made the stop as well. Um, they got to play a lot of nickel. I think the Browns played plenty of 11 personnel. They didn't do a ton of uh, – they had a couple reps of two back and maybe 12. I don't remember two specifically. But mm-hmm. the Bengals, like – to play nickel and i think that it lends itself more towards mike hilton just being that dude in the run game but when it comes to the light boxes that's reader to me and uh they were able to get away with it rate cam taylor Britt's play on a scale of one to ten euros <laughs> uh well <laughs> i think considering Seven? that's where i was going considering Uh, i guess guess you just wanted the the straight number seven all right next question i think i think early on he got picked on a little bit i think the browns 
singled him out. That's a rookie corner. Let's go at him with Amari Cooper. Let's, you know, run some stuff at him. And it worked for the first drive of the game. And then he settled down. He settled in. And in the latter half of this game, he was lights out. They went back to that strategy. Like early on, they went to that strategy. And then they got away from it. And then they thought, this is our last drive. We're on life support. We need to do this to save our season. And they're like, let's go at Cam Taylor Britt. Let's go at the rookie with Cooper. They run a slant route. Taylor Britt does a phenomenal job keeping his leverage, getting inside of the hip, forcing the perfect throw that Watson doesn't make. And then uh, Cooper can't make the, I don't know, spectacular, insane catch to force it to still work doesn't matter like that's not perfect coverage that's very good coverage though because you're forcing the offense to be perfect and then the next one he gets beat off the line a little bit on the goal line fade on fourth down to donovan people's jones but he comes back through plays through the hands knocks it down just phenomenal stuff there was one other play deep down the left sideline on that drive to cooper they tried to just take a go ball from about the 20 and he's there almost like cooper has to play a little bit of defense because that was almost a pick uh, just really, really strong game towards the end. I think he missed a couple tackles. That's just, he doesn't have perfect form, but he's extremely willing. He took on a, a pulling Wyatt Teller and held his own for the most part for a corner. <laughs> he didn't just jump out of the way or, you know, slide underneath him. He tried to take him on. Didn't win, but, you know, didn't lose dramatically, at least to start. He affected um, the run, man. That's all you can ask from a 200-pound man going against a pulling Wyatt Teller. Hey, when you got DJ Reed and all those guys working inside, Chubb doesn't have time to wait for Teller to get on that block and finally win. He has to win immediately against the corner, and he did not. So affected the run. That's a great way to put it. I think he's a very willing and physical run defender, and it always shows up, even if he's missing a tackle here or there. Let, let's keep this theme rolling how many euros euros right would this defensive end room have to eat to make up for the loss of trey hendrickson and in, in his pass rush it's hard to say with osai he's played so few snaps like there's flashes that make you think as a pass rusher he's got it uh but i don't know because they let Hendrickson Hubbard play so many snaps that you don't really see this big rotation to have a great feel about it. Osai has the pedigree. He has the athleticism and he's shown in flashes that he can step up and be 50% of Trey Hendrickson or so. But I can't say that with confidence because I just haven't seen it down to down consistently. How's he do when it's not an obvious pass situation or something like that too. So I don't so know 50? how many euros they'd have to eat, but um, like 50, I think built bars instead. extra sauce sauce on your built bars. Satsiki? No, I'm not on the built bars. <laughs> they don't need sauce, babe. They come on now. <laughs> sauce plays for the jets. It's juice with the Bengals. Just so. Remember when you called him Juice? Yeah, that's why the Bengals drafted (laughs) Juice. They they knew. This is one of those moments. All right, is there a Euro in the 2023 draft? Because that's who they're picking. That's right. The the uh, long-time listeners. What's that? I think Karloftis was the big Euro. Oh, there you go. I I think our long-time listeners will know this joke. And all the new listeners that we've added since the draft have no idea what we're talking about in my – butchering of sauce gardener's nickname let's finish with the linebackers 
Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson both playing at a very high level right now. Jermaine Pratt on a particularly hot streak with some takeaways in the last few games, continuing to play well in this one. What do you what are you seeing out of this linebacker pair for the Bengals right now? They took what I could consider at times to be a little bit of a weakness and turn it almost into a strength. I think both of their run defense is phenomenal right now. And that obviously comes into play with holding Nick Chubb under three yards of carry and holding Derrick Henry under three yards of carry and just all this great run defense that they've done. But going into the season, I thought, well, they need Reader a little bit to protect them. And that could be true a little bit, but they're just really stout run defenders. And Wilson's always been a really good spot dropper, good feel in his zones. I think that's an area that Pratt has improved. And really, not to say that Wilson can't do it, but Pratt is the guy I prefer to match and play man and things like that, because I think he is slightly more athletic and he can run with these guys a little bit better. Uh, That showed up when he didn't take the best starting point, but Wilson couldn't get Watson before the first down marker or a player that he was a spy, but Pratt might've been able to, I don't know. Uh, and Pr- Pratt's run with some dudes. He ran with Tim Patrick stride for stride, Chase Claypool stride for stride. This was all last year. And, but just he's done some of that stuff. And I don't know if I've seen Wilson run stride for stride matching with a Darnell Mooney, which Pratt also did. So I think that's an area he really excels, and that's why I think he gets a little bit upset about the whole third down thing because he's really improved in that area. So why are you taking me off the field? But, you know, Anarumo wants to play different fun personnel groupings and different fun defenses, confusing defenses, and it's easier to do that when you put another safety body on the field. So I, I get in and I, I also get I get both sides of that argument. Um, this is a long-winded way to say that uh, they have both been phenomenal. I think that is – probably the most underrated group nationally on the team like because if you ask just any person how are the Bengals linebackers i think the best you'd get is oh, they're all right or <laughs> like they're pretty good but this is this is to me probably extreme uh, top five linebacker duos i don't know i can't think of too many that have a dude and then another dude like some people have a dude but they they don't have the second guy Right now, it seems like Baltimore, the Roquan Smith import has had a very positive impact for uh, the, their which which linebacker from LSU plays for Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen. And, and uh, Devin White is a very controversial linebacker with Levante David this weekend for the Bengals in Tampa. Of course, Drake Greenlaw to go with uh, Fred Warner in San Francisco. Those are some other ones that come to mind, but it's Matt not Milano a ton. Jermaine Edmonds. Yeah, that's a good one. That's, that's a, a really good really one. Really good one. Milano's um, amazing. But but Jermaine Pratt's come such a long way. And in a contract year, no less. I totally understand why he wants to be on the field for uh, for third downs from a competitiveness perspective, from a football long-term perspective. That's that safety experience, I think, showing up a little bit. Because that's as we all know, where he started at NC State before transitioning to linebacker and turns 27 next May is eligible for an extension or free agency. So by the time he's 27, he's going to have a new contract. And uh, we'll we'll have to keep an eye on that this offseason to see where that goes. But for the rest of the year anyway, he's with the Bengals and pairing up with Logan Wilson and sometimes coming off the field for Akeem Davis-Gaither or another safety, another defensive back on third downs. But a big part of this Bengals defense that's going to do it, I think, right, guys? James, anything else before we go? No, you're nodding your head. Yes, we're good. So tomorrow we shift gears. Euro time. 
No Tampa Bay time, James. The Bengals go down to Florida to play Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are currently struggling, but it's always dangerous to write off Tom Brady. can guarantee you the Bengals aren't doing that. And so this should be another game where they will have to play well to make sure they continue to win games. And we'll get into that matchup tomorrow. We're going to get into crossover Thursday. We'll bring in David from Locked On Buccaneers to talk about what's going on with the Bucs and some of the key matchups in this one to watch. So until then, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.